This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's do a podcast on both the bass and the trout. We'll look at what they're feeding on, the tactics we're using to catch them, and uh, some of the tricks that I think you can use to improve your fishing. On the trout, the major aquatic insects are over. In order to come up with some patterns that I thought were effective, I watched the trout a tremendous amount day after day to see just what they were feeding on. Well, I came up with an assortment of six different flies that I call my change of pace flies. This included the oak worm, a yellow jacket, housefly, inchworm, a horsefly, and the midge. And these are flies that they do feed on a lot, but are flies that, you know, it's relatively easy to catch them on because not many people are fishing these. For example, the oak worm, this is a really a real wormy looking thing that lives under the bark on down thorn trees that are in close to the stream. The way I first realized what was going on here, I saw a lot of... Uh, fish feeding along the bank where there was some down timber and I started casting a fly over on that. I think I was using a Mr. Rapidant. But casting a fly over along that bank, well I got too close to the bank with it and I hung it in one of those uh, pieces of down timber and I went over to pull it out and when I did I pulled a chunk of the bark off of the down timber. Well under there were these oak worms, tremendous numbers of them. They had been falling into the water and the trout were feeding on them like gangbusters. So I developed a little oakworm type thing, very basic brown with a ribbed body, and this turned out to be very effective in any of these areas. I just fish it upstream along the banks where there's some down timber, and fish just a dead drift. It doesn't do much wiggling, so the dead drift turned out to be the most effective thing. Now the yellow jackets live in the side bank along the edge of the stream and many of them do fall into the stream and the trout get them. Well now, the fly that I came up with on here, the Murray's um, dry yellow jacket, I fished that upstream along those side banks with a gentle twitching action. This is very effective and it's you know this goes on from now well into October so I have good success with that now the house flies that plain old simple house flies that you might have buzzing around your living room right now these are very very heavy along the stream now you'll find them sitting on your arm they're a nuisance they were sitting all over the rocks and boulders along this side so when I saw them all over the place, I saw the trout feeding on quite a few of these. So I came up with a pattern we call the, the Murray's Dry House Fly. Now what I did on this, I tied this much like a beetle, but I used uh, down wings on each side so the wings would actually rest on the surface. Well, this does two things. It For one thing, it gives the trout 
a light pattern that matches the light pattern of the natural house fly drifting on the surface. Another thing it does in a heavily fished area, I catch oodles of fish, for instance, up on the yellow breeches. I used to catch fish after fish on these things because very few fishermen use any patterns in which there's a down wing sitting out on the side, kind of like a spent wing on a, a mayfly spinner. But when you tie, we'll say, a grizzly hackle tip, especially a hen grizzly hackle tip, out there on the side, it creates a light pattern that very few anglers are showing them one way or the other. Uh, now, the horse flies you're going to find along the pasture fields where there are horses and cattle and that kind of thing. I fish this pattern. Again, I have somewhat of a down wing on it, but not nearly extent as I do on the house fly. I fish this along the banks and let it land with a pretty pronounced splash to attract their attention. And uh, it does bring up a lot of pretty good size fish because I fish this in a kind of a fat size 14. Now the inchworms that everybody talks about all year, in fact I was on the stream day before yesterday, and just as I was leaving the stream, I almost walked right into one. It, it just astounds me how they can form a little spindle to hang down 20 feet over a tree limb. But where you have tree limbs out over the water, shrubs close to the bank, all that, you're going to have inchworms all over there, and the trout never pass them up. They often will hang on that little spindle and bounce around and almost tease the trout. So when I'm fishing my inchworm, I use either roll cast or snap my presentation cast so it actually falls on the water with a splash. And many times a trout will actually just run over and grab it real quickly. Now, the true natural midges that we see along the stream will often be in large numbers the last two hours of daylight. So I fish the, the downwing um, Mr. Rapidan Dry Midge along, oh, probably in a size 18 and 20. I fish it where I, I usually wait till I see a fish rising or so before I go because that's a pretty hard fly just to see on the water. But the Mr. Rapidan Dry Midge in an 18 and 20 is very effective. Uh, they will actually take these when you're floating them naturally on a size 7X tippet. And I wouldn't be too concerned about breaking too many of the big trout off because I use a slip strike on it, and that just stings him right in the jaw and you got him. But these flies are the patterns that I use in my change of pace flies, and I am well pleased with them. And I've been using them now for several years, and it really helps you get better fishing here at the latter part of the season. All right, let's talk about the smallmouth bass. We have a hatch on the North Fork of the Shenandoah River, which is a true hexagenia. I was fishing just uh, north of the fly shop on the south on the North Fork of the Shenandoah. I'd been fishing up along the banks with the Shenandoah Blue Popper and doing fairly well, and I heard some commotion behind me on the stream. And I turned and looked back down, and sure enough, 
there were some hexagenia coming off and there were some bass feeding back in there. Well, for some reason, I couldn't resist it. I turned my wristwatch over in that direction. And one measured minute, 60 seconds, I actually counted 17 bass feeding on the hexagenia. Well, naturally, I took my... Mr. My blue popper off and put on a uh, Mr. Epidan dry skater, which really looks a tremendous amount like a hexagenia. And I started fishing back over some of those fish that I had just waded through an hour before. And I caught fish after fish after fish on that Mr. Epidan uh, skater dry fly in a size 8. Now, I dress it real well with silicone cream, and I dress the leader to help keep it up. Fish it a little with a little dancing action, because often there can be so many hexagenia on the water. I find that using just a little bouncy type action on my fly, I attract their attention and take them much quicker than I would if I were fishing dead drift. Now... Sometime you'll see the bass taking a hexagenia with a splashy, swirly rise form. Well, now what those guys are doing, they're taking the hexagenia emerger as he comes up to the surface. Sometimes they just simply will not take a dry fly under those circumstances. So what I do there, I fish the Mr. Rapidan Olive Soft Tackle Size 8 on about a 2 foot 2x dropper under the dry. I've got the dry on the line up on the hand fly and then I come off there with two feet of mono and then put my soft tackle on that and I fish that down and across sort of with a little sweeping action sometime I'll take them on the dry and sometime I'll take them on the uh, on the emerger but that is a very effective technique. One evening I was fishing right below a little island here on the North Fork, and up above me I saw a whole lot of bass rising up in the, up below this, this island, so I just proceeded to wade up toward. Well, I kept putting them down and putting them down and putting them down, and I couldn't tell what I was doing. Finally, as I fished my way all the way up to that island, I realized these bass were feeding in water that was only about two to three feet deep. And what I was doing was putting them down with my approach. So when you see bass that you notice you're putting down, then be careful because it is shallow water and you just simply have to punch out a longer cast. And uh, then you can end up taking them. Now, Hexagenia's got a mind of his own. Last summer... Jeff called me about well after dark, said, Dad, you've got to go down to where we put the boat in down there and go right out from those boulders and get there in time for the hexagenia hatch. He said, I was down there this evening, and the hexagenia were on in tremendous number, and we just had fantastic fishing. And he says, now go right to those boulders down there where we put the boat in. So the next evening, down to our boat launching spot where these boulders are, I waited out there and waited, and they didn't come off, and they didn't come off. And finally, when it was getting almost too dark to see what I was doing, 
I may have seen a half a dozen or so hexagenia and one or two bass feeding. The conditions looked similar on both of those evenings to me. Now, why Jeff hit such a terrific hatch and I got there the next day at the same spot and didn't do any good, I don't know. But the hexagenia has a mind of its own, so the answer is just go every evening and hope for the best. If you're not seeing them coming up, put a blue popper on them, fish them with that way, or put a helgramite on them and fish them in that way. But I'd say at least half of the t evenings from now until oh, early October, there are going to be many hexagenia on the water, and it is a tremendous amount of fun. Fish them on 2X because there will be some pretty good-sized bass on there. So fish these this way, and I think you'll have some great fishing. If you need to know the areas I'm fishing on the hexagenia hatch, uh, just stop in the fly shop here in Edinburgh, and I'll go over the maps and show you the areas that we're doing well on that. This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. If I can help you on any of this, just give me a call or better stop in and we'll go over the maps. Thank you very much.